This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323READ, 323READ. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 323READ. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com slash 323READ. R-E-I-D. The Super Bowl is here, and it's time for you to get hyped. Oh, Joe, that ain't good enough. Come on, Joe! Ah, thank you, baby. Thank you. You make your blood come from my damn mouth. That's what I'm talking about, baby. You got to make blood come to the mouth. You can't just smack me and don't hit me hard. Let's boys. When you hit a motherfucker, you hit that motherfucker. Let's kick the ass. Kick the ass. Let's go. But do you need a little help translating the universal language that is football? Bien, they're Cody Parking. No, fire! Oh. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Los hijos se van con la victoria! Ay, papá! No, senor! No, senor! Chicago, Chicago! A game that can make you go from this... We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. To this? When you... uh when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And there again, credit Minnesota, but, um, you know, we, we made the one mistake that cost us, you know. And... Uh, well, forget analysts like Michael Irvin. Oh my God, this is what's wrong with today. The young ladies today, they're not learning from mom. How to cook, we're losing recipes. And now we're going to lose Peyton Manning's knowledge. Or the Manning brothers. Hey, let's go to Peyton. He's going to break down that touchdown. Can't hear shit. Never mind. When you can have analysis like this. You're, you're really they're, calling they're, them to come out of the AFC? They're, yep. They're going to the market. Super Bowl. What's today? It is August 15th. At 10-12, this is on recording, Chargers are going to be going to the Super Bowl. Excuse, I'm sorry to the people of Cincinnati. It was not the Cleveland Browns. Uh It was the Cincinnati Bengals. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's all Ohio, and none of them are going to win anything. That's what I want for the playoffs. I want Tom Brady to to, uh, fuck himself. I want want Aaron Rodgers to get COVID and Carson Wentz uh, to fall into a deep depression. That's all. So I would put Najee before Patrick, but Patrick Mahomes actually, like, his butt is a little bit bigger. It's got some wiggle to it. Thankfully. <clears throat> that was cute. Only on the 3-2-3. I'm your host, Reed Murphy, welcoming you to five epic days of our best contributors, analysis, and shenanigans, leading you to the big game. Five days that can only be known as... Super week. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is another edition of 
another addition or addition 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 i'm gonna just say something vaguely addition a super week welcome back it is a movie edition we did this last year it worked out perfectly actually as we have one travis byram here and you know what we have travis byram so god damn it we're playing the music it's time for at the movies with mr b That's right. This wondrous, just joyful, almost like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of music. It goes longer than I thought it did, actually. Still going strong. It's been a while. We're dusting it off here. Oh, there we go. I think it's starting, <laughs> finally fading out. Ooh. What's that part? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh little. Hey. Little extra. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Byram is back. This worked out perfectly last year, buddy, because. I think right in the middle of Super Bowl week, the Oscar nominations dropped. So we were able oh, to just yeah. explode over that. But we've already gone through those. We've moved on. Now I'm I know that you've how how deep into the nominees are you? Have you seen all the best picture nominees? Yeah, so I have seen nine of the ten best picture nominees. I was pretty happy with myself this year. Um my fiance and I saw everything everywhere all at once that was the first one back in april and i think that's significant because even last year you look at last year i think the first best picture nominee that even came out was dune in october so i hope this is a message to oscar voters that like good things can happen before the fall you know (laughs) but yeah I, i still just need to see uh women talking Ah, i really want to see that one the, I was just reading. I was reading up on the plot of that, and I really want to see. I don't think it's streaming anywhere yet. I think it's still in theaters, and probably hard to find in theaters. Right. Did you see? So I'll bring this up to you because yeah. I meant to ask you about Netflix too, and their password sharing change that they were making, which now they've backed off on after the entire world oh. exploded. But have you seen the latest <laughs> from AMC theaters? And how, as the theater game is, you know, starting to get revitalized, that now AMC is trying to single-handedly kill the industry by raising ticket prices depending on where you sit. They're full-on kamikazing their way <laughs> by saying, if you sit in the middle, that's going to be premium prices. They're going to raise the ticket prices there if you sit in those good middle seats. But if you sit in the front, that's lower. Lower prices, you know, just sit in the front, break your neck a little bit, trying to look back and forth as <laughs> Iron Man shoots across the uh, seat. That's how I sat watching the first Avengers. We got there late. I had to sit in the very oh. front row, and I would watch Iron Man fly from one part of New York, and I'd have to fucking twist my neck to go see him get to the other <laughs> side. Um, I just saw that, uh, my YouTube guy, Phil DeFranco, I just saw that uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, just, uh, just absurd. I think, I think Elijah Wood and Seth Green, the actors commented, they said, they were like, do you want, do you want people to go back to the theaters? Like, uh, it's so, I mean, it's just, it's such a silly concept. It's almost satirical. It's literally going to be just like their commercials. It's only going to be Nicole Kidman 
sitting in the theater talking about the power of the cinema. $7,000 pantsuit. <laughs> I paid for the middle seats. And her French fingers. <laughs> She's the one that organized this whole thing by doing that. Oh, yeah, man. AMC, um, full crazy. of shit. Full of shit. I'll stick with Paragon and Regal for as long as Regal's around. Um, until AMC yes. is the only one that has a movie that I want to see. I will bring up real quick before we get into, you know, the meat of why we're here, which is, you know, super weak. So we're going to do top five sports movies. But before we do that, I I wanted to alert you because this is why I brought up the Best Picture nominees. I'm slowly getting my way through. I'm now 10 more minutes into Elvis. And I'm, you know, I'm continuing to enjoy <laughs> what I'm seeing. Is that how far you got? <laughs> I'm, I'm now, I am now 27 minutes into the movie. And we're slowly getting there. I think that we will finish it before the Oscars come out. But uh, <laughs> my mom saw it. She loved it. She's all about Austin Butler for it. The other day, we finally watched Tar. And I want to know your thoughts on this movie. Because you, you did a very... <laughs> I'll, you did a very spot on Kate Blanchett impression the last time that we were on. <laughs> and I wouldn't normally say that this is a spot on Kate Blanchett. Hey, uh, this is a patriarchal meat race. Like, what did they have to have us? <laughs> but <laughs> there was one <laughs> scene. You had the sound bite. <laughs> there was one scene. Oh, oh, buddy. Oh, that's not even the best one that we have. We have so many sound bites of you, Travis, but this is the best one from that last show. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we have so many. That's so funny. You don't even know the uh, uh, the labyrinth of sound oh, bites that we have. But berries and cream. You're <laughs> With the Kate Blanchett sound. Oh my god. With the Kate Blanchett sound. I did hear that voice in that movie. But I will say, now as as annoying as that speech kind of was, I could a hundred percent see her winning the Oscar for it. I loved Tar as kind of a little overlong as I thought it was. And, you know, it was, it slowed down in certain parts, but I think I understood the reason there were reasons that you had to sit there and just kind of absorb what this character was doing and this, just study her and study everything that was happening. I love that movie. I love that performance. What were your thoughts on that movie? Yeah, man, I, I'll be honest. I'll be really honest with you. Uh, the first, I'd say 30, 45 minutes I mean, seriously, I, I had known nothing about the classical world. So I was just sitting there and it was flying over my head. And I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be the whole movie? Like, I felt like such adult. <laughs> but the, the movie plays on that because it gives you this uber pretentious, extremely, you know, holier than thou obnoxious woman. And it presents that to you like she's been presented to the world. And uh, just totally flips it on her head and deconstructs the the mythology of people who 
consider themselves great and just great people in general. You know, it's there's there's never never just a pure genius. There's always there's always something else going on. What you said, I think, is accurate. I I wouldn't be mad at Kate Blanchett winning. I think it's a performance absolutely worthy of an Oscar. But I just I don't know. And this is not really fair to say you should go off the merit of the performance. Kate Blanchett has two Oscars and about 3000 other things. And this is Michelle Yao's first time getting nominated for such a such a balls to the wall role that would I mean, even 20 years ago would never, never be at the Oscars. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm rooting for Michelle Yao all the way. I want to make sure I say Yao and not, not Michelle Williams. <laughs> Enemy number one. <laughs> no, we don't need, we don't need berries and cream. Ah, oh, ah, oh, not, oh, not anymore. No, this was, no, <laughs> I still need to see everything everywhere. That's going to be next up on the list, but I love, yeah, what you said, yes. pre- pretentious is the word that I didn't want to say about the movie because I don't want to call the movie pretentious, but that is the aura it was trying to go right. for for a long time, and then it just completely breaks down, and it's an excellent study of cancel culture and a time yes. that that's so prevalent, and I just loved looking at it from that point of view because a lot of people talk about cancel culture and they you know we talk about canceling on this show all the time in a joking fashion but there are a lot of people that these celebrities that will in people in high up positions will talk about cancel culture and the unfairness of it and they don't understand what it is and watching this character go through everything she does you start to see how that kind of perception can come into their mind so highly recommend this movie it's very, you get through the first, you said the first 30, 45 minutes, that all felt like it was just in that opening interview that she was doing on the stage. That felt like 30 minutes right there. But oh, I promise oh you, my God, yes. you, get, you get through it, it does break down things for you. It's like, it's almost, it's kind of like a succession in a way where succession will start with a lot of financial talk that makes me feel like an idiot. And then they, things will happen that make me, you know, get more comfortable again. And I love and then I love it and hate these people at the same time. Now, moving <laughs> a little bit away from the Oscars and on to the reason that we're here. This is Super Week. This is Super Bowl week. And we have Travis here, so I think it is a awesome time on this sports show to do in our favorite movie segment. A great top five. A top five people have been wanting to hear. It's time for the top five sports movies of all time five four three two one this is the three two threes top five. Oh shit here we go again <laughs> can never get tired of that intro that's right I love this, it, this is the top five sports movies presented by Mr. B himself, Travis Byram, and me, Reed Murphy. We're going to be trading these off, so I think we're going to stick how we normally do. We'll both do our fives and our fours and our threes, and we'll go that route. Um, so I'll go ahead and get it started because I want to save the best for last. I always like to I want to hear yours on here, and there are a lot of – Scott Elia, there's a lot of pressure on you here, Travis. One of our regular co-hosts, Scott Elia, 
is very excited to hear your top five sports movies. He's uh, he, This is his favorite Ooh. segment. He said that he, that he hates listening to any episode that he's on. He will always listen to your episodes and loves to hear your advice. There are oh. a, lot of, a lot of people just like that. You have a lot of fans, buddy. So this is a top five that people are going to be so very sweet. excited about. So... I'll go ahead and start here, and I'll say this: I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, just rattle out my OLIs because my top five, the first three slots were relatively easy for me to do, but when it came down to four and five, I just, I was locked in on about eleven different movies and trying to scrape these all together. So, some OLIs, and there are so many great sports movies, but OLIs on here, I had Jerry Maguire did not make the cut which i loosely consider a sports movie i think it is a sports movie it's about sports agency and you know it's a rom-com but you know uh cuba gooding jr's performance as rod tidwell football player is one of the you know essential parts there uh i also had the fighter the fighter was the closest to making it into the top five oh yeah Mark, mark Wahlberg, christian bale amy adams uh great david o russell film um Hustle, which is a little more recent. That's Adam Sandler's basketball movie on Netflix. Highly recommend it. That's a great one. Foxcatcher, the wrestling movie with Mark Wahlberg and Steve Carell. Space Jam is is one that got close. It's not a great movie, but goddamn it, it makes me feel so good. And it's truly, it's basketball, golf, baseball, everything. Draft Day with Kevin Costner, The Bad News Bears, and Rookie of the Year, some baseball movies that did not make my top five. But what made number five? The one that just just slopped its way past the fighter in Space Jam. Happy Gilmore. Happy oh, Gilmore. nice choice. Adam Sandler's golf classic goes from a hockey player, the you know the enforcer of a hockey team, to a golf pro. And 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 it's kind of a combat movie where he beats the shit out of Bob Barker, or Bob Barker beats the shit out of him. <laughs> Love that movie. That that is that is one I will stop and watch all the time. I haven't seen it in a while, but damn, I really want to watch it now. So that is my number five. Travis, any OLIs in the number five for you? I'm so sorry. What are uh, what are OLIs? So OLIs are uh, uh, honorable mentions or outside looking in. Oh, is that a sports term? Yeah, I guess so. I guess it is an OL. I guess OLI is a sports term. I don't know where the first time I heard that it was, but I heard somebody say outside looking in, and OLI was like, huh, that's a little more, that's a little more jazzier, a little more snappier than honorable mention, I guess. <laughs> I know. I liked it. It, it, it rolls off. Yeah. I, I had never heard of that before. I'm, I'm going to start using that. Um, yeah. Quick. Quick, uh, quick OLIs for me. I just had two that were just, just fighting, scraping for the uh, for the fifth slot. Uh, Space Jam, as you mentioned. I uh, don't know about you. I was a daycare kid. You you could not find children happier than when they put in that VHS for Space Jam. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it was. It is just it. It, it is pure nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Concentrate. And uh, a movie that I <clears throat> really don't think gets talked about at all enough, and I haven't seen it in so long, but it still stayed with me. Uh, Sean William Scott in Goon, a Ooh, hockey movie. That's a good one. Uh, yes. 
so, so funny and such big heart. A lot of times when I see Sean William Scott, I'm like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting into. Going to be a dumb comedy. This, I mean, it, it'll make, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry a little bit. A really sweet, underrated movie. So for number five, as much as Space Jam is a nostalgia trip for me, uh, this is the movie that not only was it a prime daycare movie, but uh, I watched it when I was older and it just, I don't know, it just made you want to go back 10 years in time. It is The Sandlot. It's a good one. Yeah, I, you know, not a... If, if anyone listening to this doesn't know what I look like, you, you can see that I'm not athletic. Uh, <laughs> ran ran eighth grade track. I did what was called the crap lap. That is uh, the 800 meter. Uh, that is for all the kids. They don't know what to do with them. So they say, here you go, you poor bastards. And I was running the crap lap. Um, not absolutely not an authority on sports at all. But uh, this, I think the best sports movies, sports are secondary. And, uh, you know, it, this just feels like a warm childhood embrace. Coming back to it, the giant dog, uh, when, the, when the kid with the glasses, I think he fakes his own drowning and the lifeguard is a hot, is like a hot babe comes to save him. I mean, just so many wonderful nostalgic moments. Uh I never played baseball, but uh, this is this is the one movie that made me want to. Love The Sandlot. Well, you know what? I'm going to tail off with you because my number four is The Sandlot. Woo! That's my number four, and I will, I will roll with you exactly. I didn't play baseball as a kid, but it's just the... Um, I wasn't ever really that interested in baseball, but just the nostalgia feeling of it. It gets summer days as a kid just down packed even if that's not your generation there's something that you can recognize in there it just makes you feel good and the giant look i'm not gonna i'll admit it i was a little bit of a bitch as a child i was scared of that (laughs) giant dog in the sandlot i would have been scared of it yeah i was terrified of that thing i was terrified of a lot of things thriller music video um commercials that involved wolves for some reason it was a lot of things but the dog in the sandlot the dog in the sandlot was a big one for me that i got over once i james earl jones in that movie made me love the dog in the sandlot he taught me to love it and to share it and it was a great performance by him a great performance by everybody such a quotable movie too you're killing me smalls you see it on target shirts all the time yes yeah so that's that's my number four. I completely get where you're coming from with that one. Yep, absolutely. Okay, my number four uh, movie again. I I need to see these movies again. Honestly, going through the list of sports movies, it's not a genre that I typically do seek out. A lot of times, if it's in connection with award season, I will watch them, and you'll see that theme as I go up a little bit. Uh, but, um, number four is Warrior. Ooh, that's a good movie. That's the, is it the one with Tom Hardy? Yes. Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton play brothers. And, uh, it's, it's a sport that I don't see too much get a lot of attention. I think it's, uh, I think it's UFC fighting is what they're doing. And, uh, you know, just them training and, 
Uh, of course, they have to face off at some point in the movie, but uh, just what I came away with was the alcoholic father, uh, played by Nick Nolte in a, in a, a late career Oscar nomination, uh, just absolutely uh, soul wrenching. I mean, he'll he'll tear your heart out, and uh, it's uh, it, it, just a just a movie that makes you want to get up and cheer at the end, even though a lot of it is really sad. It's uh, it's a very realistic kind of gritty sports movie. I like that. I like that selection. Now you bring up Nick Nolte's performance in that, and that is almost a surefire way to get an Oscar nomination: is playing the old grizzled uh, character in a boxing or combat movie. You think on either Nick Nolte and Warrior, uh, Clint Eastwood, and Morgan Freeman, and Million Dollar Baby. Or yeah. Sylvester Stallone in my number three movie, Creed. Creed yeah. is my number three. Creed is the first in the new installments, the new spinoff installments of the Rocky movies. I know you're finally going through the Rocky franchise, right? Yes. Next week, I, I decided I am going to tackle them. I watched the first one years ago, so I know how much the Creed movies mean to you. I want to try to get all, all of them... All of them uh, consecutively. There's just something. There's I love the Rocky movies too, and that and there's a thing you get prestige with the first two Rockies, and then you get ridiculous as you're going on, and it gets fun. It's fun, but it's ridiculous. But then all of a sudden, this you you get talk of the spinoff movie about the son of Adonis Creed, Rocky's rival in these movies, and you're like, why the why the fuck do we need that? And it turned out it's a fantastic story. I loved it. It's an it's an incredible underdog story of a character that's not your traditional underdog. Somebody that's living in the shadow of their father and maybe not a shadow that they want. And also the story, a redemption kind of comeback tale of a a legendary hero character who's thrown into a position that you you wouldn't think that you'd see him in in a, such a vulnerable state it's it's stallone's best performance i think i think i truly do think he was robbed of the oscar that year he lost sure. to um i can't remember his name but it was from the uh tom hanks russian spy yeah. movie mark rylands from bridge of spies yeah and i love i really love mark ryland as an actor but i think stallone i think stallone deserved that oscar that year it was a fantastic performance a movie that i think about and watch a lot love creed that is my number three Great choice, man. I, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I'm excited to see the main movies, but maybe even a little more. I'm excited to see Rocky Five because yeah. everyone everyone tells me you're gonna watch the Rocky. Skip Rocky Five. I think he has a robot. Is that right? The robot I think first pops up in Rocky Four when oh, he's good. a little more rich, and then I I don't know if I don't remember if the robot has a little more of a prime role in Rocky Five. It's something like I'm, that. Michael B. Jordan is nice. Where's the Rocky robot spinoff? I don't know where that robot is. I would love to know what happened to the robot at some point. <laughs> All right. Number three, um, a movie that I did not grow up on. I actually, I got a hold of it in the sixth grade, Dixon Smith. Um, the novelization of it. I was, I was a lot more into books than movies back then. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. I need to see the movie. And of course, <laughs> it was just a book based off of the movie. Uh, it is 1984's Karate Kid. 
Oh. Oh, I didn't even think of Karate Kid. Man. I mean, there is there, there is no one that I was cheering for more as a teenager to kick some ass than Ralph Macchio's Daniel. It is so exciting. It is talk about nostalgia concentrate. It is it is pure 80s cocaine. You just <laughs> you just sniff it up and, and, and you're back in the decade. Uh, of course, oh my goodness. I, I do not want to butcher his name, but the actor who plays Mr. Miyagi. Also, Reed, you made a great point. Uh, the grizzled uh, trainer of someone. Yeah. This guy. That's uh, one. This mm-hmm. guy, it, it's Pat someone. Pat, Forgive me. Pat, uh, uh, Pat Morita. <clears throat> Thank you. Pat Morita. It got him an Oscar nomination and, uh, you know, one of, you know, one of the most memorable sports roles of all time is Mr. Miyagi. Uh, saw the Jaden Smith remake, mm-hmm. nah. you know, yeah, take, yeah. take it or leave it, take it or leave it. Uh, but the original, uh, nothing quite as satisfying as that crane kick at the very end. I mean, absolutely beautiful. Now I'll throw you for a loop here because I don't know if you, cause the way that you're talking about this, I feel like I know the answer to this, but have you seen the new series Cobra Kai on Netflix? I have not. I think it was Ooh. okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it originally was like a YouTube Red thing when that was a thing. Yeah, it was and like their then, first big show as part of that. Yeah, right. And I, I just, I simply refuse to pay for YouTube as long as I exist. I, I'm, I'm not giving them money. Uh, <laughs> no, I use it every day. Uh, so I, I didn't watch it, and I lost the hype on it. Um, I mean, just talking about Karate Kid makes me want to see it. I know there was like a sequel, and then there was one with Hillary Swank and Karate Kid Three. So she came in, and they did a Karate Kid Four. So there are three with Daniel Larusso. Oh my goodness! And I'll say two, two is very kind of different from one, but I liked it almost as much as number one. Three wow. kind of tails off a little bit. And then the Hillary Swank one, you don't need to see. You don't need to see anything again, really, till Cobra Kai. Okay. Okay. But Cobra Kai, I would highly recommend. That's like me and Emily's favorite show. And it's huh. it's something that should not work. It's a show that really should not work. But it not only bites on nostalgia, but it flips the Karate Kid's plot kind of on its head. And truly Ooh. making you see things from Johnny Lawrence's point of view. And seeing that. Because there was always a theory that Daniel LaRusso is actually the villain of that movie. That Daniel LaRusso kind of started all this shit. And Johnny just got his life torn apart by LaRusso. So it's really awesome to see those actors come back into the roles. Like Johnny and uh, Ralph Macchio is LaRusso. They just merge right back into it. It's a fantastic continuation and it's a batshit crazy show. That just like <laughs> introduces like some really awesome new characters, new young kids, get some really awesome, totally insane and unrealistic karate scenes and karate battles throughout high schools and shit, <laughs> and brings back so many classic characters and villains. I love that show. You would love it. You would love it. It's in season five and going into its final season. It's season six, I think, next or this wow. fall. 
You might have sold me, man. That that sounds that sounds amazing. That's Reed's recommendation. <laughs> oh, where are we? Number two. So, okay. Ooh, we're right into the thick of it. I'm, I'm liking Ooh. your top five. I, I'm curious to hear your top two. My number two is one that I think I considered number one for a long time. And just going into this, it was just my de facto number one. But yeah. once I thought about it more, I was like, it's great, but it's my number two. And my number two, a strong number two, Remember the Titans. Oh, nice, nice. Best football movie, I think, of all time. It's a classic that I just have to stop and watch. It's from here. It's in Virginia. It's right up the It's right up the road from where we do this show. And based on a true oh. story with Denzel's car- Denzel Washington doing a great performance as Coach Herman Boone, um, it's a great story of brotherhood, a uh, great story of race relations and how sports was able to help mend some of this and bring people together. Even, you know, it didn't solve anything, but it helped bring people together for a little bit. <laughs> I just, I just, I love that movie. I love the soundtrack to it. I love the score. I love Hayden Panettiere with, as the witty five-year-old assistant coach. It's a great movie. Great movie to me. Remember the Titans is my number two. Great one, man, man. I, oh, I, spoiler alert. That is not on my list, but Ooh. what a great one. Uh, every time I hear, ain't no mountain high enough. I think of remember the Titans and I think of sunshine. <laughs> Love sunshine. Wasn't that, that wasn't Ryan Gosling, was it? Wasn't it the uh, the Sons of Anarchy guy? Oh, Am it, I totally off on that? It might have been. It might have been. I'm. It I'm was probably. some. It was somebody. There were a lot of people in that cast. The guy from My Name Is Earl, in there. Due for a rewatch on that man. Great movie. Great movie. Okay, my number two. Um, lot lot of much different vibe than your number two. I'd say. If not the one of the most depressing sports movies of all time, Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. Ooh, that's a great one though. Grizzled, oh. grizzled fighter. This is Darren Aronofsky makes movies where they are so good, but you know I don't really need to see him again. I don't need to get my heart broken like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whale just proved that too. But um, <laughs> The Wrestler. Uh, I think it, it's the best movie about what sports does to your body. You know, you Mickey Rourke in one of the greatest comeback roles of all time. Uh, sh- uh, and I will, I hate to say it, I like Milk a lot. Should have beat Sean Penn for Milk for best actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Rourke in that role, I mean, he is just, he is just a husk of himself trying to get back together uh, with his the strained relationship with his daughter. Uh, wrestling has just taken a beating on him. Uh, you know, people say wrestling's fake. A lot of it is, but the scars on him are real. Um, just really shows what it means to give your life to a sport, I think. Uh, and I, uh, I think it has uh, one of the best endings of the 21st century. So highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Watch yeah. it on a good mood. Yes, you got to watch it in a good mood and have something a little happy after. But I love that you said that about uh, just how much of a toll 
these sports can have and how much uh, these guys commit to it, especially in wrestling. And that's that movie in particular. I remember there were a few, there were a couple of WWE legends who weren't part of the WWE anymore, but they went to see that movie and they talked about how they had to walk out of it because it was just hitting way too close to home on a lot of guys, wow. either either things that they were going through or guys that they knew who had committed so much and then were just in pain and left behind and went through the same scars that Mickey Rourke's character went through and it just felt so real to them. Oh, yeah, wow. that is a beautiful movie. That's a beautiful hard movie but a beautiful one good job by the way circling back it was kip pardue who played uh sunshine and remember the Titans. oh god i was way off <laughs> i think i was thinking of charlie hunnam but Ra- so. ryan gosling was in the movie okay, okay. weirdly weirdly enough and of course uh oh ryan hurst from uh ryan hurst from sons of anarchy was in it and Wood Harris, who happens to be in just about every single sports movie that you could probably ever think of, is also really? a prominent role in it. Yeah, Wood Harris has a big role in the Creed movies. You also get you'll get to enjoy him there. Okay. Yeah, gotta love Wood Harris. Oh, okay. All right. Number one. Oh, we're at the pinnacle. Woo. Number one for me. Now I'm a nerd when it comes to sports analytics and and the and the front office stuff behind sports. It's why Draft Day is kind of a shitty movie, but I enjoy it because I that's my favorite part of Madden is not even playing the actual games. It's doing the you know free agency acquisitions and all that stuff in the off season. I love that shit. I, I nerd out for that. So it makes sense that my number one movie is the Brad Pitt starring Moneyball. Excellent choice, man. Excellent choice. It's based on a award-winning and kind of kind of sport-changing book that uh, kind of changed how baseball was worked and the analytics that went into it, the uh, stats and how we look at it, how we analyze the math and choose what we're going to pay for and how we work these uh, players. I thought it was a really, really awesome, not only look into baseball with this movie, but a great character story. I thought Brad Pitt's performance was awesome. There was just something about the aura of the movie that I really enjoyed. And it's one that I will stop on all the time. I feel like I'm learning something with it at the same point. And it feels like a documentary. It feels like a documentary mixed with guys that actually were a part of what was happening in the story of Billy Bean. It just it felt like a thirty for thirty, just being told with Brad Pitt in a kind of a retelling, and I loved it. I absolutely loved that movie. That's my number one. Great choice, man. And also, you know, as a small side note, I think really the movie where people started taking Jonah Hill seriously as a dramatic actor. That's true. That is so true. Yeah, that got him. I mean, I remember. I was not following award season as close as I am now, but I remember when his name came up, I was like, Jonah Hill, the, the, the super bad guy, you know? And then I saw the performance and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's earned. Yeah. Great movie, man. Okay. Number one, going to be controversial. I feel going to be controversial. Scott, if you're listening to this, I hope, I hope you still respect my opinions. Uh, technically I think this was, 
released as a miniseries. But for the Oscar, you, you think you, you know where I'm going with this? I think I know or, where you're going with this. And this this <laughs> might bring up an interesting argument, but go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, for the Academy Awards, it was selected as a, you know, whatever it was, like a seven and a half hour film, because that's how it was screened in some places. It won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. I am counting it as a movie. I'm sure people would disagree. <laughs> but I don't think there's any art form, any uh, medium that best talks about the impact of sports like OJ made in America. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a big contentious one for me. <laughs> Because I thought I, I thought about it going into this, and I and I decided not to put limitations on you because I really wanted to hear your unfiltered thoughts. But <laughs> like if if I decided I opted not to put sports documentaries into mine because there are so many damn good ones that I think they could take a top five on their own. That one is the best. That one is the best one I have ever seen. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's the. If not the best, then top three documentaries I've ever seen. Um, of course, it is best enjoyed episodically. Uh, I, I think I watched it with my friends in college over the course of like seven days. I mean, it is it is so much coming at you. Uh, but no movie, I think, uh, talks about sports like Made in America. It just, uh, you know, amongst other things, I mean, it's this massive mosaic of oj simpson's life and how he came to be what he was but the role that sports plays in that movie is uh kind of an absolver of guilt you know for oj you know he he leans on his recognizability and his uh you know his charm that he had when he was uh at, at the peak and you know uh old conservative white men watch football and they were rooting for OJ. You know, they loved his Hertz commercials and they loved him. They, lo they loved him in the naked gun, but you know, he murdered someone very obviously. And people didn't want to believe it because he was a great athlete. And of course, uh, the, perhaps the quote, one of the greatest quotes of all time, I'm not black. I'm OJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it, it is it is something else it's it's true crime meets sports documentary meets uh you know racial examination it is uh it is it is one of the one of the greatest movies of the, the past 50 years if you want to call it a movie i call it a movie hey super weak crowd it's yours truly oj simpson just here to tell you that Travis Byram really killed it with that list. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. I can't argue. I can't argue with that as much as I want to. And and like you said, it is best enjoyed episodically. I don't even yes. want to argue it with, with it because I want people to see it if they haven't seen it. And I remember when it came out that summer as it was coming out weekly, we were watching it with my... I would watch it with my parents and... It got to, I think, the second to last show, and they showed crime scene footage that you had never, that they had never released before 
from the murders, and it was shocking. And it was just put in contrast with the image of OJ and what people thought of him at the time. And it really helped us because we weren't alive when that madness went down. But we got to, we really felt like we understood now what the importance of that moment was. And it kind of shows the disintegration of a man as he seemed relatively humble-ish and normal once he was in college, but then he gets to USC, he starts to hit stardom, and then to the NFL, and he transcends. Like you said, he, he creates that famous quote, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And it's just this disintegration that falls into madness and eventually and just inc- incredible egomaniac. And you can bring up oh, a lot of arguments uh, with concussions and CTE, but an incredible study of a person. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't even know if I could think of one right now. Uh, and any any contenders go through your mind of worst sports movie you've ever seen? Ooh, well then you can probably go. If I go through like some Adam Sandler stuff, I'm trying to. You know what? Because Emily brought it up the other day, and it's not. It might not be the worst sports movie I've ever seen, but the Benchwarmers with Rob Schneider, simply because I hate Rob Schneider. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't one. like Rob <laughs> Schneider, and so I could. I could make that a great contender for a worse sports movie. What is there anything uh, Space Jam 2 with LeBron 2 is up there. That cuz that was kind of a mockery of the first one. You know our our friend Aaron saw it and I asked him what it was like and he said it was it was just like watching someone piss on a copy of the, the DVD of Space Jam. <laughs> right, because like I don't think and I think nostalgia kind of washes over our eyes with Space Jam. Like, if we saw it as adults and that was the first time we'd seen it, probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. But just, I don't know. To me, it just, it holds up as just a classic. It's not a great movie whatsoever, but it's incredibly enjoyable. And that's more than you can say for the newest sports, for the newest Space Jam. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's just fun. (laughs) Bad News Bears remake is probably a big one, too. Oh, Uh, and there, there was a Jimmy... There was a Jimmy Fallon Boston Red Sox movie too, Fever Pitch. I think it was Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore back when I was a kid. I won my mom won it in a silent auction for some basket at a school fundraiser and that was part of it. I was like, Ooh, hell yeah, we got a DVD copy of Fever Pitch. And I was so excited <laughs> to watch it and I kinda hated it, but the rest of the basket was awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Not even the best Jimmy on late night. It's Jimmy Kimmel, but that's a different. That's a that's a whole discussion later <laughs> on. That's an awesome list. Good job, us. We can pat ourselves on the back for that one. That's a great. That's one. on the bags for yeah. us, man. That, so that was great. Before we get you out of here, and before I get your Super Bowl pick as you're getting out of here, um, do you have anything to review for us? Yeah, man. Um, and seriously, I had to. I this was another one I had to contemplate if I could call this a sports movie, this was totally, totally incidental. Um, just what I, my family and I decided to watch on Hulu, uh, this past Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I think you could make the argument for it that, uh, Bronco bucking is a sport. Yeah. 
I think so. Yeah. It's an endurance test. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, If you were to call it a sports movie, which uh, I'm on the fence about, it would definitely crack the top 10, if not the top five. But uh, Chloe Zhao's The Rider. Oh, movie that really put her on the map before Nomadland had its huge Oscar success. Um, She's she's just the best director making Westerns these days. The Rider in Nomadland, excellent neo-Westerns shot in South Dakota and kind of an kind of pseudo biographical tale about this about this guy that she met got of course bucked off a bronco and uh had to get a steel plate in his head um had an autistic sister at home a really uh kind of abusive alcoholic dad at least in the movie and it's such a good examination of toxic masculinity in sports uh in westerns um you know kind of demythologizing what it is to be a cowboy you know they've got people in there who have suffered real injuries and kind of use their stories fictionally through the lens of the movie um yeah have a box of tissues nearby it's a it's a five hanky movie for sure uh and uh not all non-professional actors she loves doing that uh really gritty raw performances uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's on Hulu as of today, which is February 8th. Go see it, ladies and gentlemen. That's a great one. Hulu has so much good content on there. And, Underrated, man. And if you're looking for if you're looking for more, I can give you the TV recommendation real quick because we brought up the uh, OJ Made in America documentary. Go on Hulu. It's a Ryan Murphy series. I'm not usually crazy about Ryan Murphy. I'm, it's usually hit or miss, but... American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. It's one of the oh. best miniseries I've ever seen. Incredible. It came out, I think, the same year as the documentary. Yes. but an O.J. Inc- Fever. An incredible tell- incredible retelling of what happened there. And my, my introduction to Sterling K. Brown with a terrific performance in that. Everybody's oh, fantastic in there, including a you know Cuba Gooding Jr. right at the height of drunk craziness. <laughs> This was probably the last best or the last great thing that he did, right? Yeah, yeah. Just he does he does one good thing every twenty years, and then you get a couple snow dogs and a you know couple. Of, <laughs> I was just about a, I was just about <laughs> to mention snow dogs. What about snow dogs? You get a snow dogs and an arrest for tax evasion, and then you're good. <laughs> Travis Byron, before I get you out of here. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. We are getting picks oh, from man. everybody except from Mahogany, who I somehow forgot to ask her because we were so caught up in uh, Rihanna talk, and I'm very excited for that halftime show, and I can't get over it. But the Super Bowl, we have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. Your boy Joe Burrow is not in this one. <laughs> so there's no my, my good friend joe burrow <laughs> you can't lean on that one but we have the city of philadelphia the city of brotherly love against kansas city and patrick mahomes one of the biggest figures in sports right now who do you who are you taking in this game okay once again longtime listeners if you listen to my picks last year uh th- there was a while where i was i, I was on the show uh, like consecutively through the weeks and Reed would ask me to pick to pick the matches, and I, I would just completely pull it out of my ass. So oh, here's what Rick, I'm doing now. Ricks versus Tricks. 
Riggs versus Tricks. Uh, here's my logic to picking. I, I, as soon as you said those cities, first off, uh, did not know those were the teams playing. I'm so I'm so out of it. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Okay, here's the logic read. So, um, Philadelphia. I don't I don't think it was in Philadelphia, but it was in Pennsylvania. First off, Hershey Park. Um, my uncle, when I was nine, took me not only, listen to this, the Pez Museum. Do you know there was a Pez Museum? It's a Pez Museum? Took me to the Pez Museum and the Crayola Museum, bro. Damn, that's a day. I would... <laughs> like nine years old, I was, I mean, I was, I was at my Zenith. It was, it was absolutely heavenly. Haven't been back to Pennsylvania since. Saw the uh, Liberty Bell, and that is all I can remember. I, I threw up in the back of his car reading a Dennis the Menace comic. Um, <laughs> I, I try to leave out that part. Uh, and versus Kansas City, you know my, you know what my history with Kansas City is. I'm I'm so curious now after the story about about the closeness to Philadelphia. She, uh, she, I'm sure she has blocked me off of everything, but I have an ex-girlfriend who will rename, rename, <laughs> remain nameless. Uh, she was, uh, famously from Kansas city, um, asked if I could stay with her while I visited her over winter break. Um, she said, no, she just flat out refused. <laughs> Uh, I, I asked her, can you put away your cats? Because as you know, I am almost deathly allergic to cats. She said, no, I'm not putting away the cats for you. Uh, you know, that sometimes when you're in relationships, you got rose-colored glasses. You can't see the red flags. Uh, went, uh, Flew there. She paid for my ticket for Christmas. Uh, I was in an Airbnb. This man spoke little English. Uh, I was in a room. It must have been a meat locker in another at another point. It was 60 degrees. It smelled like piss. Uh, <laughs> that was my Kansas City experience. So with that, I'm going to have to uh, go with our, our friend Jeremiah and root for the Eagles. <laughs> I don't even care about the pick anymore. There's been no better build up to a pick. Than, than the justification there. Fuck Kansas City, just for that. Just for that. This isn't the person I'm thinking of, right? This isn't the person that was on Steve Harvey's show, is it? <laughs> there are so many stories, ladies no. and gentlemen, that show no. that, that just lay behind the scenes. That's another podcast. That's that's uh that's Reed Murphy after hours. That's Mahogany <laughs> Chat Mondays. We'll talk about her. We'll talk about that. <laughs> there you have it out of spite travis is taking the philadelphia eagles so <laughs> take it to the bank folks travis i love having you on the show man thank you again for being here thank you for joining on super week it's always a pleasure always a pleasure man travis byram everybody we will talk to you on this next final episode of super week with the whole crew for ricks versus gricks in the meantime stay safe talk to you very soon i'm not black i'm oj okay <laughs>